On today's first round KO, I look at what happened this past weekend in the NFL wildcard round in the playoffs, and I also give a small preview into this upcoming weekend in the divisional round of the playoffs. Let's get it. Welcome to the most must-hear sports podcast in history. Welcome to First Round KO. I am your host, KO, a.k.a. Howard J. Dingers. I'm here by myself today. Hanson's out of town. He's, I believe he's going to Florida or something. I don't know. No one's really here. <laughs> but I wanted to come in here today. I needed to talk about the NFL wildcard weekend because, holy crap, it was one of the best wildcard weekends I can remember for a very long time. It was a very... Very exciting weekend. A lot of stuff happened. We had two overtime games. We had huge plays. We had a dynasty ending. Yes, I'll get to that in a little bit, but I I just absolutely love this weekend. I really only got to watch like a game and a half. I, I got to watch like the equivalent of two games from all the games that I, I watched some of each, <laughs> and I saw highlights from all of them. I know what happened, but I just, I, you know, I had other plans. People were in town. I didn't get to watch all the games, but I know what happened, so... I mostly want to talk about what's coming up this weekend, too. I want to talk about the teams that are going on. Not so much about the teams that lost. I'm We're most likely, like this this uh, upcoming, later this week, Cal's going to be on the show. We're going to be doing, I believe, a New Year's resolution type of thing for all the teams in the NFL. So we'll talk a lot about that kind of stuff upcoming this week. So I'm going to focus on the teams that won. I'm going to focus on the games from this weekend and the games upcoming this weekend. Excuse me. So, we're gonna sit, we're just gonna go in order. This is gonna be very easy to follow along. Buffalo going to Houston, fa- falling to the Texans, nineteen to twenty-two. Bills had control in the first half. They they looked good. It was I believe it was 13-0, 16-0, um, and then Deshaun Watson came out. And I hear this Michael Jordan comparison. I don't I don't quite get that yet. Call me when he wins six championships. I mean, he's not gonna win six. Call me when he wins at least one Super Bowl, and then we'll talk. I get it. I get the comparison. It's just not there yet. Anyway, <laughs> um, I'm actually really glad I didn't watch this game. Not because I wanted to. I wanted to watch this game. This was a very exciting game. It, it sounded like it was a very good game. That magical moment from Deshaun at the end. But it was ESPN, and it was Booger. And I heard Tessator wasn't even that good. I like Tessator, but I heard he wasn't good either. And Booger, I've heard, I've heard the the halfback draw on third down and then spike it on fourth. I've heard that. I've heard, I've I've seen the, the <laughs> I've seen him draw a dick on television, which he did while he said that they're coming. Book, he either knows that he's doing this and he's doing it on purpose, or he just, or he's totally oblivious. And I'm gonna guess that he's a whatever. I'm I'm not gonna talk about it. I hope he's gone for Monday night next year. Uh, anyway, uh, the, I, Houston's listen. Houston was way too inconsistent. There was a cut that. And I'm going to I'm going to touch on this after the last game here because of the matchup, but all of these games were ugly this weekend. They were all hard-fought playoff, not, you know, blow for blow types of games where they were just hitting each other, hitting each other. One team would get the momentum, the other team got the momentum. 
and then it came down to the final, you know, five minutes or so. In the and it was a fun game to watch. Buffalo, I I picked Buffalo to win this game. I still think they should have. You know, they only lost by three. There was some time management uh, issues. There was some play calling issues late with the fourth and you know three timeouts and it was like fourth and twenty four. You could have punted the ball. You didn't have to go for it. And then that basically gave Houston the game. I just. I don't know. It was very frustrating to see how, I mean, both coaching staffs, really. I mean, Buffalo is going to get more of the blame because they lost, but both coaching staffs really did not manage time very well. They didn't, there wasn't a lot of good play calling. And I like Houston's, or I like Buffalo's defense. And I think I'm, I'm, I'm going to give Houston a little bit of a pass by only putting up 22. I think their that offense is very capable of more than 22 points. But when you look at the teams that are left and on the AFC side of the ball, at least for Houston, they have to play Kansas City. They have to go to Arrowhead and play Kansas City next week. Kansas City's defense is really good right now. They're playing their best defensive ball of the season right now, and that's the best time to be doing it. And then you even look on the other side, Baltimore, fantastic defense. Tennessee, really good defense. Houston's going to have to change something. They're going to have to figure something out. Bill O'Brien needs to have better play calling. He needs to figure out his time management stuff. Bill O'Brien might not have long left in Houston. And I know that he's the general manager. I don't know how that's all going to work. I don't know how. I I still don't know how he got that much control. (laughs) But he needs to figure something out. I don't like his chances against the, I don't like their chances against Kansas City this weekend. I, you know, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, we've seen him in the playoffs. He had a really good divisional round last year uh, against the Colts, I believe it was. Um, you know, and, and at Arrowhead, that defense is going to be playing well. Everyone's rested. Shady McCoy is going to be balling out. Tyreek Hill. It, I, I, I just don't see Houston winning this game. I think it's going to be at least a 10-point win for Kansas City. I could see a two-score, 14-win or 14-point win there. Like I said, there's just not much that impresses me about Houston. They're not going to be a running team. You know, even if they get a lead and Patrick Mahomes is behind, I'm still going to be betting on Patrick Mahomes to come from behind because Houston's running game isn't that good either. Nothing against Carlos Hyde, but they just don't really – and Duke Johnson, I guess. But there's just – it's just not impressive. And Deshaun's playing good, but it's not that good. You know, I – I, I really like the Chiefs in this matchup, um, and I think getting that two seed for the Chiefs was huge. So thank you to the Dolphins, thank you Ryan Fitzpatrick. I just don't I I don't see Houston and Deshaun Watson being able to outduel. And th- this is how is this is always how I look at matchups too, especially coming towards late in the game. I look at you know I look at offense, I look at defense, I look at special teams, and I look at coaching. And I know that sounds very generic, but like I mean think about it. Whose offense are you going to take? I'm taking Kansas City's pretty easily. Whose defense are you taking? Right now I'm taking Kansas City's defense. Even with J.J. Watt back, even with all that stuff, Kansas City's defense is just playing better. Special teams, there were some issues with Houston, you know? And look, at Kansas City, Harrison Butker's one of my favorite kickers in the league. I think he's one of the most accurate currently. I mean, I know Tucker's the most accurate of all time, but – you know, Harrison Bucker is one of the best right now. And coaching staff, I will always and forever take Andy Reid over Bill O'Brien any day of the week, you know, twice on Sundays. That's easy. 
even if I were to give special teams to Houston for whatever reason, it's still a three to one. I think it's a four zero sweep, all sides of the ball. I think Kansas City's got that game. Okay, and move on to the second game of Saturday. This is uh, listen. <laughs> Tennessee went into Houston, into uh, New England. 20 to 13, they knock off the Patriots. This is the earliest the Patriots have been out of the playoffs since 2009, and I called it. I and I mean, and I mean, if you're if you're listening to this and you've listened before, you know I like to toot my own yarn. You know, if I get a prediction right, it's gonna come out. It's just no one wanted to tackle Derrick Henry, <laughs> and I said I said it's either gonna be him or AJ Brown or both, and that's exactly what happened. AJ Brown only had one catch. They shut him down. And, it, and everyone talks about New England, you know, they're really good at being able to shut down your prime, you, you know, your number one weapon. Well, either they tried to shut down Derrick Henry and it didn't work, or they decided that Ryan Tannehill and A.J. Brown were the were the primary targets, the primary weapons, and tried to shut them down, which they did. Eight for 15, only 72 yards and an interception and a touchdown. Yeah, you shut down Ryan Tannehill. But then Derrick Henry ran 34 times for 182 yards and a touchdown. <laughs> I mean, how do you how do you not go into this game saying we need to stop the run? With with a guy like Derrick Henry who he, he averaged 5.4 and then 182 yards against the New England Patriots in the playoffs at Foxborough. That is one of the best running performances I've seen in the playoffs in a very long time. Derrick Henry deserves all the praise right now. I'm glad he got the rushing title. He deserves everything. This Titans team is good. That defense is solid. It's solid. And we saw Logan Ryan make a mistake early in the game. He made up for it with that pick six late. I, And that's it. I, I will get to the Patriots in a sec. But just to fit. Actually, let's talk about the Patriots, and then I'll get to the Titans. The Titans played very well in this game, minus Tannehill, but again, I think the Patriots focused on the pass game, which is not what they should have done. Let's talk about the Patriots. The Patriots, I talked about all year, their defense, while very solid and, you know, obviously one of the best in the league, they were very touchdown, not touchdown, very inner, very turnover dependent. They were very turnover lucky. They were getting a lot of turnovers early in the season. But then when you face teams like a Ryan Tannehill, who is a very good game manager, he had that one interception. Obviously, it didn't hurt him that much, but you play a guy like Derrick Henry. When you play even Ryan Fitzpatrick, who will sling a couple interceptions every time, he's still going to sling the ball. You know, if the Patriots would have faced James Winston this year, I Winston would have threw five picks, but he probably would have had five or six touchdowns. Like, this defense... I don't. I, it's hard because I think they were just touchdown dependent and, or geez, sorry, turnover dependent, and they just they didn't get enough. They they didn't do enough, and they kind of did that. You know, holding a team to twenty points that's usually a solid. If you have a good offense, a, as a defense, you think, okay, I'm gonna hold. We're we're gonna hold them to twenty or less. That's our goal. No more than twenty. Our offense, I believe in our offense to go put in twenty. But this uh, New England offense, I do not trust to put up 20, more than 20. Not every game, not consistently. Listen, I said it early in the – no, I didn't say it early in the season. I was completely on the – I think I broke. I said this again – I said this to Hanson a couple days ago. 
I think I broke the Patriots <laughs> because every year I go into the season saying the Patriots are bad, they're done, Brady's done, everything like that, and then they go on and they win the Super Bowl. This year I was completely in. You know, I said, you know what, I'm giving up. They are good every year, so they're going to be good again this year. And they were, but that offense never got going. It never got going. They brought in Brown, and it was decent, but then Brown had to go. They had Philip Dorsett, but he was injured for a lot of time. Nikhil Harry didn't really get going because he was hurt early. Josh Gordon for a couple games, but but then they didn't really use him. And then they, it was a healthy IR, and they cut him. There's a lot of different things. This offense never got going. Julian Edelman is a good guy, is is a great receiver. Don't get me wrong. And, you know, he's still got his stats this year. He's he's a fantastic receiver. But he's not a deep threat guy, especially, at you know, he's coming up towards the later stages of his career. He's not going to be a deep threat guy. He can be the underneath guy, and you can get four, five, six, seven yards with him most plays. But you need that deep threat, and the Patriots just never got it. We heard Tom Brady literally telling his receivers, you need to be faster, stronger, and you need to just be better. And it wasn't happening. Brady is not the guy to make his receivers better anymore. And I don't know, you know, it's a whole other thing to see if he even was. I'm a big believer that Belichick has made Brady. And that's why this offseason is going to be so interesting to me. I if, if Brady is actually leaving and I keep hearing the Chargers and just because I keep hearing it from so many people, it's probably not going to happen. That's how this, this league works. But if he ends up going somewhere else and Belichick brings in a new quarterback, I put more faith, even and I'm trying to remember the backup quarterback in New England right now. It's a young guy. I can't quite think of his name I'll try to look it up but I would put more stock into the New England Patriots succeeding without Brady next year than to have Brady to have Brady succeed with a new team next year with just about any and even if let's take the Chargers uh for example I don't Look, it, look, it could work, and they could win. You know, they could go ten and six. But I really, Jared Stit, Stidham, Jared Stidham, sure, Stit, whatever. Even if he's at quarterback, Cody Kessler's on the right. If he, even if they're, I trust the Patriots to be more successful with Bill Belichick still coaching that team. Even if McDaniel's leaves, I trust Belichick. More than I trust Brady going to any other team. Even if McDaniels goes with him, I don't care. I have always said that Belichick, I've said it years ago. I know I said it last year. I know I've said it on this podcast before. Belichick made Brady without Belichick. There is no Brady. And I think Brady's going to be, Brady should hang it up. That's what should happen. Brady should retire. He's not going to. He already said it's pretty unlikely. That's fine. Go to L.A., prove that you're not the guy that – whatever. I, that's fine. That, that's where I stand with this Belichick-Brady thing. That's where I stand with Brady. Go ahead. Go to L.A. Screw up the Chargers more than Phillip Rivers. <laughs> I, don't, <clears throat> like, I don't think he'll screw it up. Like I said, he'll win 9, 10 games, maybe 11. I don't think – I think 10's the max, 10 and 6. But I just – I don't think he's – and that's the thing. He's not. Yeah, I think he's gonna be forty-three this August. He's. I I don't get it. Brady, realize 
have a little bit of self-awareness here, Brady. Realize that you are not the guy that you used to be. Hang it up. Go home. Go live with Giselle. To do the TV 12 stuff. Make a little more money. You'll be fine. You have your six Super Bowl rings. Go home. That's all I got to say. Okay. Anyway, so let's let's look up. So Tennessee's playing Baltimore this weekend. I like Baltimore, obviously. Now, this game is going to be a very low-scoring game. I mean, it's going to be <laughs> – it's Tennessee and Baltimore. It's the best two running teams in the league. I don't know what the numbers say. I think the numbers actually might support that. But just going, it's Mark Ingram and Lamar Jackson going against Derrick Henry. <laughs> that, that's what this is. And it's going to be interesting. It's going to be exciting. I cannot wait. I, th- this game is going to be really fun because, like I said, Tennessee – Tannehill's a game manager. And if he can limit that interception that he threw last week and he can get more than 72 yards, if Derrick Henry can go out and get 100-plus and a touchdown and Tannehill can get 150-plus and a touchdown and you get that touchdown somewhere else, whether it's defense, special teams, or another one from one of those two guys or, you know, like an end around to A.J. Brown, whatever, there's a ch- they're going to keep this close. But Lamar Jackson – and this offense, and that defense, and the specialty. They honestly, I think, have the best special teams in the league, too. I love what they do. I. It's hard for me to see anyone beating the Ravens this this playoffs. I don't, I don't see it. I think Tennessee has a very good shot. I think any team right now has a very good shot. Both teams on the other side have a good shot as well. Um Houston less so I think I give the Titans a better chance um, than Baltimore this game is going to be very low scoring because of all the running I see a very low total so I don't know what the under is right now but maybe hammer that it's it's going to be about efficiency because there's going to be I heard Mark Slayer's talking about this there's normally about 12 possessions each team a game this game is going to be like a seven or eight possession game efficiency is going to be key you need and on it and looking at the teams who do I think is going to be more efficient you know Derrick Henry or Ryan Tannehill or Lamar Jackson and Mark Ingram I love what Tennessee's doing on offense and they're gonna get it it's gonna be a close game but I have to go with Lamar and Baltimore to be more efficient in that game that's that's where I stand on that okay moving on to the Saturday games the Vikings in New Orleans. This is the one game I got to actually sit down and watch start to finish. It was a very fun game to watch. The Vikings won 26-20 in New Orleans. Kirk Cousins gets a big win. In I mean, basically primetime football is the only game on at the time, so I'll count it as primetime. Listen, I said it week one. I said it after week one in the NFL season. Drew Brees is not Drew Brees anymore. And people said I was going to regret that. He looked decent at the time. Yes, he broke the touchdown record. I was against the Colts. <laughs> um, and no offense, I was high on the Colts at one point. So, but whatever. Drew Brees is not Drew Brees anymore. He was not doing – the offense was more exciting and the offense was more efficient when Taysom Hill was in at quarterback. For whatever gadget plays he was playing, he threw one pass. It went for 50 yards. He had a bunch of runs. It was a good offense, and you know, and he can still get the ball to Michael Thomas, but that's, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve yards at a time. Drew Brees, just for whatever reason, the arm strength isn't there anymore. 
it was always a question, but now it's really starting to fall. And I guess it wasn't always a question. That's not what I meant. But, you know, now he does not have that arm strength. Yes, he has all these weapons, and I think that's why he still looks good. But I think he is falling harder than Brady, it seems like. That's, you know, and that's just the eye test. I have no idea. We'll have to see where it goes, what he – there's a lot of contract situations in New Orleans going on, but – I just didn't trust Brady here. And that, that that defense, listen, that defense played incredible. Those goal line stands that they had every once in a while there, right up until that touchdown, which I still think they could have reviewed it. I don't know if they would have overturned it, but they should have they should have at least reviewed it. That's that that's where I stand on that. But I, the defense played well. DeMarco Davis in the middle was playing really good on on uh, Dalvin Cook. Yes, Dalvin got going early, but I think he had 84 yards in the first half, but after the third quarter, he only had 82. Like, that defense buckled down in the second half, and they did really good. Kirk Cousins, yes, he was making plays. And I hear people saying that Kirk Cousins finally had, you know, he got the monkey off his back. He played a really – I don't, he did not look impressive. I'm going to look at what his stats were real quick. He did not – the eye test just that 19 of 31 <laughs> and he didn't throw any picks but there were a lot of throws he just did not look on a lot of the throws even the one deep to um in overtime the deep one to Adam Thielen could have been a touchdown that could have been your walk-off moment right there and we wouldn't even be talking about Kyle Rudolph if you hit him a little more on stride and I talk about this stuff all the time with college quarterbacks I see Tua not hitting people in stride I see Burrow hitting people in stride. There's a clear difference between the accuracy and the leading of of receivers that I just do not see with Kirk Cousins. That said, he stepped up. He played a good game. He played a smart game. He, even though he wasn't quite accurate, he was getting the ball to his guys, and he, he played the game that he needed to, no turnovers. Um, Dalvin Cook, 94 yards after having 82 in the first half. Again, credit to that defense, and and, and that, that is a lot of blame on Mike Zimmer in that offense. Um, I'm, I want to say Brian Schottenheimer. I don't know. Whoever that offensive coordinator is for Minnesota, they went away from that run uh, very early. So I, I – not early. Early in the second half, and they, they definitely should not have. They should, should have just ru- kept running with Elvin Cook. But anyway – it was just a good game by the Vikings. They did what they needed to do. They got pressure. They moved uh, Daniel Hunter and Everson Griffin into the middle because that's where the weakness was. For the look, There was a lot of good stuff coming from the Vikings and Mike Zimmer. But now they're going to San Francisco. <laughs> and if you can sit here and tell me, and I heard Pat McAfee talking this morning how he – he likes the Vikings against the Niners more than he likes the Seahawks against the Packers, which makes me feel great, and I'll get to that game in a second. Kirk is not – listen, Diggs, Stephon Diggs was out there throwing his helmet, throwing a temper tantrum when they were up in New Orleans on the road. How is he going to feel when Richard Sherman is shutting him down and they're down by 14 early in that game in San Francisco? He's going to have a meltdown. <laughs> like, And Dalvin Cook's going to have a harder time running. Because that defense is just better than New Orleans. It's a good that D line isn't crazy, is crazy, incredible, in crazy. <laughs> DeForest Buckner in the middle. Good luck running through him. Bosa on the edge. Kirk Cousins is going to be bothered all game. And that's when we know Kirk Cousins himself has said when he's not comfortable in the pocket, he's not making good plays. And 
I don't see Diggs. Listen, Thielen's going to get open in the middle. But Diggs is not going to get open out wide. Those safeties are going to be over the top. I don't even know. BC Johnson. No one. Kyle Rudolph might get a few. This offense is not going to get going. They'll score. You know, I'll give them 20. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm sorry. I'll give them 20. But on that other side of the ball, the Vikings defense they looked, there was a lot of times, even though, listen, I, I I think it was Drew Brees not looking good. I don't think it was the Minnesota defense. Garoppolo is going to be okay. That running de- that running team, you know, uh, Brita, Mostert, they're going to run all over. <laughs> and it, San Francisco is just, they're, they're going to win this game. San Francisco, and I know I was so adamant a couple days ago about the Saints winning against the Vikings. And I am giving the Vikings a little bit more credit than I was last week, but this this San Francisco team is just a different team. And they're they're coming in rested. They're coming in healthy. I think they're getting back one of their linebackers. This is where it stops for Minnesota. I don't think Cousins has enough to overcome that defense. And that's – or Cook, for that matter. I don't think this offense has enough to go against that defense. Okay. I, I don't know if I mentioned, but this is going to be a pretty short episode this week. Uh, and not this week, today. There's going to be another episode later this week. That's why. Um, so, yeah, now we have the final game of wildcard weekend. The Seattle Seahawks going to Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Now, this is unfortunate. I won't spend too much time on it because, you know, it's not something you can really control. It, it sucks. And I gave credit to uh, Carson Wentz going into this game because they were without three of their wide receivers. They were without their tight end for a while. They were out without two running backs and two offensive linemen. And Kirk Cousins, Jesus, Carson Wentz still got his team to this to to the division, to the wild card, you know, home game. And that was awesome. And I figured they had this would be a good game. And, their de- and, I mean, that was just the offensive injuries. Their defense was banged up, too. But then early in the game, I think it was still first quarter, second quarter, whatever. It was in the first half. That hit from Jadavion Clowney onto Carson Wentz. I, and I hear a lot of things. I do not think Clowney was aiming for the head. There's no way in my – there's no way that I could see anyone ever – see a quarterback going to the ground and think, I'm going to go hit his head. No. However, it still was a late hit, and I think he did mean to me- late, bleh, to me- to hit him late. Don't know why. Don't know for what reason. Maybe it was to bang him up. Well, you did your job. It was a very high hit, and I, there definitely deserved to be a penalty on that play. However, that doesn't play into the – because then you bring in Luke McCown, Josh McCown, sorry. <coughs> I apologize. I'm going to take a drink of my Rockstar real quick. Uh, Excuse me. Okay. That's a little better. You bring in Josh McCown and, you know, Doug Peterson said at halftime, he had to change his entire offensive scheme. He had to change, you know, because Luke is not as athletic as Carson Wentz. He's not going to run around as much. He is, you know, and he said, I'm going to get the ball to Zach Ertz as much as I can. The first play he hit Zach Ertz for like 25 yards. Josh McCown, realistically, they only lost by, what, eight? <laughs> they were in this. No. Yeah, eight. This was a one-score game <laughs> with Josh McCown. 
and I think that uh, so that's what I'm saying. The, the Philadelphia Eagles were plagued by injuries. That's just unfortunate. If you're on the Seattle side of this, though, Seattle should have won this by a lot more. And they were, this was a team who was pumped up. You know, Russell Wilson, they should have won that game against San Francisco. They should have been the three seed instead of New Orleans, although New Orleans would have just been the two, which I think New Orleans is very much mad at Hollister for not reaching over the goal line. Now, Seattle was pumped up. Yeah, we got Marshawn back. Our defense is looking good, blah, blah, blah. And now I – they only put up 17 on this Philadelphia defense. And I keep hearing this stat today because, yes, the Seattle Seahawks are coming to Lambeau Field to take on the Green Bay Packers. Keep hearing this stat that the Seattle Seahawks are the number one team in the playoffs statistically out of the teams left at throwing the deep ball. And the Green Bay Packers are dead last in the playoffs at defending the deep ball. I keep hearing this stat over and over and over on ESPN and even Pat and everyone. Listen. Where was that deep ball last night? Yes, he hit one to Metcalf. But I think most teams have that one deep ball most games. I am not. And it was a banged-up Philadelphia defense. We they, they, All year they've talked about how bad this Philadelphia secondary has been. And they held them to 17 points. I like – and what what kept happening was the secondary might not be as strong, but that front, that front four, the front seven – for Philadelphia was solid. And that's what I like about Green Bay. That front four is going to get pressure on Russell Wilson. And he's going to force him out of the pocket. He's going to have to try to force him to make some plays. And I trust the way that our secondary is playing. I trust Jair against Ty- Tyler Lockett. I trust Kevin King against DK Metcalf. Yes, they're going to get one or two deep balls. Maybe three. I could see four. But that's it. And in between those deep plays, what are they going to do? I, I, their run game does not impress me. Tyler Holt, I think is his name. No, Homer. Tyler Homer, something like that. He doesn't impress me. He's dropped the ball a few times. <coughs> oh, my goodness. I really apologize. I'm going to try to make this. Try to make it through this. Um, and Marshawn. Listen, Marshawn, he's still, he's still a beast. We saw that six-yard touchdown run that he had last night. But the run game isn't what it was with Chris Carson and Rashad Penny. Hollister's good. That offense is good. Listen, I am worried slightly. You know, it's going to be a good game. It's Seattle in the playoffs. Of course I'm worried as a Packers fan. But I, I've i said it going into this playoffs. I think Rodgers is going to have more say in the offense because it's playoffs. He knows what to do. He's had experience. LaFleur does not not have as much experience. Patton has experience. He was with the Jets forever. Um with the Mark Sanchez Jets where that defense was top 10 every year they went AFC championship like two years in a row I like what they can do there I think Aaron's gonna step it up he won a golden globe last night (laughs) so if that doesn't motivate him I don't know what will he's gonna step up this offense is gonna be fine Seattle's not great again again here's two they're not good against defending the run necessarily Aaron Jones is going to have a great day. Jamal Williams, if he's healthy, he's going to have a great day. They're also not great at getting pressure. And, yes, they got seven sacks last night on Philadelphia, but that was Josh McCown, who should have threw the ball away on about four of those sacks. And he's not as quick as, you know. And, yes, they had a good night. Clowney had a good night. I like our offensive line, which is a healthy offensive line right now, a lot more than I like Philadelphia's offensive line. 
I think Aaron's going to have a good day. Devontae Adams is going to have a good day. Lazard's going to step up like he has been. Jimmy Graham looked really good the last couple of weeks. Aaron Jones is going to be good. Aaron's going to be on. Aaron is going to be focused. He's going to come in. And listen, what I'm saying right now may not necessarily be true. Aaron could come out flat. But I need to say this to myself and to you guys as a Packer fan to pump myself up. I can't go into this. It's like, oh, yeah, well, maybe we'll beat Seattle. No, I'm a Packer fan. I need to pump myself up. Aaron Rodgers is going to come in, and he's going to be good. He's going to be Aaron. We're going to win this game. The defense is going to hold them under 20. What did I mention at the beginning of the podcast? Hold them under 20 and trust your offense to score more than 20. And that's what's going to happen here. This is the only game I'll actually give a prediction. I have Packers 31, Seahawks 20. That's what I got. I I like the Packers this weekend. I'm sorry, Chad, if you're listening. It'll be a good game. I know we'll be texting back and forth during that game. Packers got this. And for, you know what, and for my sake, I would love to see the Vikings upset the, the 49ers. I do not want to go to San Francisco. I would much rather Kirk Cousins and the Vikings come back to Lambeau Field. That's just me. But anyway, that was the NFL playoffs. Thank you for listening. Check me out on Twitter at FRKO Podcast at Olsen2K18. I haven't changed it yet. It might be Olsen2K20 today. I don't know. Link in the description below. <coughs> I got to go because apparently I'm just dying. Um, please subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from, iTunes, Spotify, uh, wherever else you might get it. Um, but please, you know, subscribe, give us a five-star review on iTunes so that it's easier for other people to find us so we can grow this FRKO family. Check out any of the other podcasts in the FRKO family. Also links in the description below merch on Redbubble. Thank you for listening. And I will see you next time. Stay fresh. Cheese bags. I'm just a young college kid with all the privilege. Trust beyond belief. So catch us going through the villages. Keep an image of Priscilla with the J Dilla Dilla. Need another dollar dollar in Manila. So vanilla with a swirl. Let the blade run. Tongue drips, slice down the middle of our nation. Heebie-jeebies, we already had this conversation. Kept me busy since day one, accusations. Pockets gained a little weight, like my ex-bitch. Still the only bricks that I've been stacking, been in Tetris. Never measure up, cause we've been on a different metric. And I don't give a fuck about who the next I fill the is. hole in my soul with Palace and Preen logos. Acid wash jeans, the Vans and the Ralph Polo. Burnt like my tongue after sipping some hot cocoa. I just wanna jump from the top and fly solo. Fill the hole in my soul with Palace and Preen logos. Acid wash jeans, the Vans and the Ralph Polo. Burnt like my tongue after sipping some hot cocoa. I just wanna jump from the top and fly solo.